0: And when people are dancing, if everyone's dancing, I do not like people hanging out on the dance floor, just hanging out like they're waiting for a bus or to get on a ski lift. I like movement. So I have called people out for just hanging out because they're not creating any warmth and there's no movement. So if you're on the dance floor pretty much in any show, you gotta be dancing.
1: Welcome to the Mountain Cosmos. This podcast is about capturing the many different facets of mountain life. And I am your host, Rochelle Gilmore. I'm a ski instructor and an all-round mountain-loving person. I've been splitting my time between winters in Australia and Jackson Hole in the States for the past few years. And in these places, I get to hang out with some pretty awesome people. Now, this is a bit of a different episode because I sit down and have a chat with DJ Eddie. He is a bit of a character from my home mountain at Mount Hotham in Australia. For those of you who are not familiar with the culture up at Mount Hotham, there's a little bit of a party scene at times and DJ Eddie is definitely in the middle of it. So it was pretty cool to sit down and have a chat with him. I got to ask him a lot of different questions about his sense of style, where Vegemite Toast came from, and the leaf blower, and a few other things. We also talk about his motto of ski all day, party all night. The spa parties, his short shorts, what he thinks of ski instructors dating ski instructors, ski instructors dating their clients. Yeah, a few things that are maybe a little bit off the chain. We recorded this chat in September last year in the springtime, just in a quiet afternoon when the party was kind of dying down for the season. And I'm really excited to share this chat now that we're kind of gearing down in the winter here in America. and. I know that my friends back home are starting to look forward to the season back home in Australia. So I hope you enjoy this chat just as much as I did.
0: My name's DJ Eddie from Mount Hotham, originally came from New G from the Bawaw area, ended up up here at Mount Hotham. I'm a DJ, I work at night DJing, and then during the day I go skiing or normally hang out in the spa or something like that, just relaxing during the day.
1: In the spa, is there a few hot tubs around here?
0: There is a lot of spas and hot tubs at Mount Hotham. You just got to know where they are. There's a few outdoor ones that you can get into secretly, or you get to know the people at the different lodges and make friends with them, and then you can go and use them.
1: Ooh. Okay. What do you love about the mountains? Why are you up here?
0: Well... My motto has always been ski all day, party all night. Now, Falls Street ripped that off for a while and we're using it as their sort of uh, buy line and their sell line over there. And then they dropped it, but I've always had it and I've been using it again lately. And that's why I'm here. Ski mm-hmm. all day, party all night.
1: What's your best party of the season? What's the big?
0: Well, I do love the zombie party and a lot of the staff and a lot of tourists who come up here love that party too. It is a party where people get super excited about dressing up as zombies. And I don't know, it's just one of those nights where they just seem to go that little bit further in dressing up and in like getting big chunks taken out of their neck, like axes and skis through their head and all these different things. They order stuff from overseas, go go to an incredible length to get a hot zombie look. And I like some music that zombies like as well. So, it means that I can mix a really good set that I know they're going to enjoy. And for me, that is, and I think for for the people who come to it, that is the top party. Zombie night. Zombie night.
1: I've actually only ever been to one zombie night. Wasn't even going to go. Then I got slapped with a whole bunch of fake blood. And so, I had to go. And I had a great time.
0: Well, and it's one of those ones where people can come. You can come not as a zombie and you become a victim. And that's the thing. It's DJ Eddie versus the Hotham zombie. So I'm playing the beats that sort of power them, but I am not a zombie. So they come and they are sort of attacking me via the beats. It's like an ongoing battle. And then anyone who arrives is not dressed up straight away. They're spotted. They're a victim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit cruel, but it's good fun. That's
1: a bit vicious. Is. What's the top song? What's the song that you always play? Well,
0: I love that like uh nineties classic zombie nation. <laughs> classic dance track and it's called Zombie Nation. So it's it? Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favourites ever.
1: That's a classic.
0: And then Animals by Martin Garrix is huge as well because that's much more of a sort of current track. Thriller. You've got to play Thriller. People, play thriller. people love Thriller with the Vincent Price intro and, and like the coffin door opening and stuff like that. So there are a few of the classics that people like to hear. Uh,
1: okay. Why did you end up at Hotham? Why this mountain? Why this place to... Ski all day, party all
0: night? I started at Baw which has got a pretty low-key party scene really because my dad's from down that way and that's where I sort of started skiing, getting into a little bit of ski instructing, having a few spars there. There's only three there though, whereas at Hotham there's about 57. So, you know, there was a lot more spars here and I just wanted a bigger mountain. I'd heard about Hotham from some of the dairy farmers and their daughters down in that area around New G. I'd heard about Hotham and the first time I came up and checked it out, I'm like, yeah, I really like this place. It's steep, it's got gnarly runs, and hasn't got too many lifts. It's kind of hard to get to, and I liked that about it.
1: How many hot tubs did you try out on the first trip?
0: First time I come up to Hotham, I definitely, I was in the Arlberg Spa for a while. I was in the old one at the Snowbird. I did the outdoor one down sort of near Karunda and that. I think maybe three on my first trip.
1: I feel like not many people hot tub enough up here. Definitely. It's true. We need a bigger hot needs
0: tub a bigger scene. scene. Like where you go to Jackson.
1: I throw hot tub highs all the States, time. It's I reckon great.
0: they need they need more. All lodges should it should be compulsory that you have to have a hot tub, I reckon, up yeah. here. An indoor and an outdoor one. And a sauna. A sauna's a great tour.
1: Yeah. Okay, tell us the story of your best hot tub party.
0: I reckon it is actually at the Alberg, which was my, one of my first hot tubs or spas up here, and then I went to one party there years ago where one of the cleaners had keys to get into the swimming pool complex area we went in and there were heaps of people there i didn't hardly knew any of them and it was just one of those really good parties we had tins of carlton draft and we were floating around in the pool and in the spa and there's a sauna getting inside running and jumping inside getting it into a rubbish bin before you went into the water it was like a rubbish bin bombing competition and I went nearly all night to the morning. And then um, we got out of there. We just had to lock the door and get out. And then I think I went skiing straight away, actually. I can't remember, but that was a good spa party.
1: Interesting. When did you feel the call to become a DJ?
0: Always been really into music. My dad had a rad uh, record collection. He was really into jazz. He's really into hot rods and jazz. I used to love all his Coltrane records and uh, Miles Davis and Thelonious Monk and stuff like that which kind of got me really interested in hip-hop. And then Herbie, which is a funny thing. I never knew this when I first started working for Herbie, but he had a massive collection of really good disco and funk vinyl. And he actually gave me a whole lot of records. I already had a pretty good collection of probably maybe a thousand records and Herbie gave me a whole bunch of other ones. So, yeah, that's what I started off playing up there. It mainly used to be soul, sort of funk, hip-hop, a little bit of disco. And then it just gradually started changing as the has changed and I moved to different venues. The music kind of changed as well.
1: Because you do have very good taste in music. Oh, I love it when you, you play. Thank you, thank you. But other things I want to ask you about for me, I want to ask you about your style. You have, like, okay. a very interesting sense of style and I want to know where that came from. What was your inspiration?
0: Well, look, I just kind of go for the style that I feel is really good and I dig looking at other people I think a lot of people are conservative with grey wind treaters and silly looking pairs of tight pants I don't really like that look so I just always dress the way I feel and I look at stuff and go yep they're unreal I do a fair bit of clothes swapping a lot of my clothes come from clothes swapping like I might have like this jacket I've got on right now one thaggy at the Caledonian hotel I was doing a party down there maybe two years ago and a really nice lady I can't remember her name was dancing down getting crazy and I said that it's a sick jacket. She goes, you want to wear it? And I had a denim cut off that I'd made myself with badges on it. And we swapped. And then later on, she goes, do you reckon I could keep your denim jacket and you keep mine? I'm like, you are on. And then she rang me the next morning and she's like, oh, Eddie, have you still got that pink jacket? I'm like, yeah, we swapped. And she goes, my boyfriend's freaking out. I've got to get it back. I'm like, no, we did a jacket swap. You now own the denim jacket. The pink jacket is mine. And she was like, yeah, okay, kind of looks good on you. So that's how... That's how I got this jacket, and I've done some real good swaps. At the big day out, there was one girl who had a pair of, you know, the Daisy Jukes, the cut-off denim shorts, the real high ones, which I wear a lot. I love them with leggings. They're a really sort of comfortable um, DJing sort of pair of shorts, I find. And I got them at the big day out. She wanted, I had a little pair of yellow Adidas sport shorts on. She was like, Eddie, I love them. And I'm like, I really like yours. So we just did a short swap at the festival, and I've still got that pair of denim cut-offs. They're mm. one of my favourites, I wear them all the time. Yeah,
1: you do wear them all the time. Because I, like I was going to ask you about the short shorts, like how did that happen, why?
0: Well, I all, I always liked them, and I saw heaps of chicks at the Big Day Out and other festivals all rocking them. And I, I used to love Daisy out of Jukes uh, of Hazard. She was one of my favourite, like, chicks on the telly. And then when it came a trend again, and everyone was wearing them at Big Day Out and at, like, Stereosonic and stuff, I was like, i got to get a pair of those. And I really, I, I like that look. I really like, especially with leggings. I mean, i got pretty pale legs and I sunburned pretty easy. So I didn't really like rocking them just with bare legs. So always leggings. And I got about 50 pairs of different leggings I really like. Got some denim ones. Got all sorts of different. i got some Coco Chanel and a couple of different fashion ones. And then with the Daisy Jukes over the top.
1: Yeah, I've seen you with some pretty bright ones, like bright colours, bright patterns.
0: Yeah, got a few of those as well. I've kind of been laying off them a bit at the moment, like just end up feeling and look like a fishing lure or a parrot or something if they're too bright. Yeah. So, but I have, you're right, I had a real good orange and an aqua pair I was wearing for ages that I really liked, but yeah, haven't been rocking them as much lately.
1: And it's quite, it's a functional thing too. Do you just find you don't get as hot?
0: Definitely as hot, because as you know, at the General where I DJ now, that nightclub gets super hot. So, um, yeah, the shorts with the leggings or sometimes at the Jenny I've been going for the three-quarter. I don't know if you see, I've got the Burberry leggings with the Burberry pattern yeah. on. It. Yeah, three-quarter. It's like a capri length and keeps my legs at a really good temperature for DJing because up in the booth can get extremely hot.
1: Yeah, I mean, hot air rises and that dance floor, it gets hot. It's hot and then yeah. it's
0: going up into the booth where I am. My head is at the hottest point, but my legs also get really hot in that trapped air. So I find that the Daisy Jukes... With the tights, really good combo.
1: Yeah. Why do you think that dance floor gets just so hot? <laughs> Nothing gets hotter. That is
0: true. Then? That's a great yeah. question because Darude asked me that actually, the very famous DJ Darude who did Sandstorm. That was yeah.
1: a hot night. Yeah, how
0: hot was that? And at the start of the night, uh, his manager, go, okay, he saw me with the my, my leaf blower. So you're probably going to ask about how I use the leaf blower. I am going to ask about yeah. the leaf blower. I didn't want to pre the question, <laughs> but it just came up because of the heat thing. Darude was looking at it in a weird way as I finished my set and he went into his and it was already really hot and I'd used a little bit and his manager, who's an American guy and a nice dude, he was like, Eddie, no leaf blower while Darude's playing. I'm like, okay, no worries. And Darude looked a bit freaked out by it as well. He was kind of checking it out. And then when he started playing about 20 minutes in, he goes, Eddie, leaf blower, please. And so I started shooting him with it. His manager's like, give it to me. So his manager ended up shooting him with it. And a couple of days later, he put on his Instagram, he had bought a battery-powered Makita one because he liked it so much. And he just wrote on it, DJ the general store, those who know, know. And then the picture of his new leaf blower that he bought because I yeah. think he's from Finland and he bought it. He bought one over there. So that was a nice thing that Darude got a leaf blower after. Yeah. But I really don't know... It's a reasonably small room, I reckon, when you've got 200 or more people in there. It really heats up. We've got a couple of big exhaust fans that Sooty really likes to have turned on to suck the hot air out. But they can't really have too many of the doors open because the sound will travel to other people's accommodation and maybe they're having a little sleep and they don't really want to feel the bass.
1: They, they're sleeping.
0: not partying. Not partying. So <sighs> I can understand that. So they sort of have to keep the doors shut. But... Yeah, you are right. It is so hot in there. I don't know the exact reason, but it certainly gets – like I kind of like the tropical feel when I'm DJ. It gets steamy. gets steamy, and I like that. People can wear less clothes. I like everyone – sometimes when they don't have their shirts on, that can be real nice, but it does get a little bit too hot. But it's something we're working on. Maybe we'll get a new exhaust fan or something like that.
1: You know? Yeah. Everyone knows that when you go to other mountains and people talk about that one time they party at Jenny. <laughs>
0: And, and they're like, yeah, we yeah. partied
1: with Eddie. And then they were like, everyone got their kid off.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. All the crew from Bull are like, what can another crew come up yeah. there? And they're like, no way. We do not party with our shirts off. Within half an hour, they got their shirts off. <laughs> it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that that's what happens.
0: One guy said to me who'd come over from Bulla, he said, Eddie, we reckon you turn a heater on to get people to take their clothes off. And I was like, wow, great idea. But no, that's not what I do. <laughs> it just gets that high. You
1: just turn up the music.
0: Exactly. And when people are dancing, if everyone's dancing, I do not like people hanging out on the dance floor, just hanging out like they're waiting for a bus or to get on a ski lift. I like movement. So I have called people out for just hanging out because they're not creating any warmth and there's no movement. So if you're on the dance floor pretty much in any show, you gotta be dancing. You can come and talk to me if there's a problem with the music. I won't always listen, but sometimes I will. <laughs> But I like to see everyone moving. So you take
1: suggestions? That's my own.
0: Yeah, like that's a nice way to put it. Take suggestions. Like people come up, request, they hold their phone up, ask you things, say, wow, you're the best DJ in the world. Can you play this song? And then after that, they'll go, yosh. I have had that happen a couple of times because they just want to get their song. And I understand it's a trick and I like tricking people too, but it doesn't always work. Sometimes it's a suggestion that I quite like and I like talking to people about it, but it doesn't always mean you'll get your song. And some people get real nasty about it Mm. if they don't, one of those things.
1: What's your song? What's your your favourite?
0: Wow, what a massive question. What's your favourite song? Well, you know, one tune I have been dropping a bit lately that I really love is um, The Glamorous Life by Sheila E., who's the percussionist who used to play in Prince's band. And then she went out on her own. And she's got this incredible track um, called The Glamorous Life, which I play a fair bit. I went off it for a while. I wasn't playing it for the last couple of years. But in the last sort of few weeks, I've started playing it again. I pulled it out. And I really, that is a personal favourite. Like, it's a pretty old song. It's probably, I don't know, maybe 20 years old. And a few of the young kids don't really get into it because it's not straight ahead. It's yeah. like in 6 8 So yeah. it's a little bit of a funny Latin timing. But I really love it. And she plays timbali. She sings and plays timbalis and congas on it. And it's a beautiful track, real tropical, and it's just spot on. One of my faves.
1: Uh, A controversial question that a friend wants me to ask you. (laughs) What is your favourite type of animal print and why?
0: Well, that's an interesting question and quite pertinent because I I did uh, a bit of a presentation yesterday because we we had this special board made, the pygmy possum board I was telling you about. And I went up and with a couple of scientists – who have been studying the pygmy possums. And I decided, cause you know, they're scientists and I wanted to make sure I put on something real nice. And I thought maybe my cut off denim jacket or my pink, they m- mightn't quite fitted with what they're into. And I thought, oh, they're scientists and they're into animals, I'm gonna wear animal prints. So that's why I like that question. And I've got this shirt that I bought in Ballina from a little shirt shop up near, just just near Lennox Heads there. And it has got triple animal print. That's my favourite. Triple animal print? Yeah, so it's got like strips of like anaconda, like a a snake print. And then next to it, zebra skin. And then oscillate. It's fake. Yes. And it's like printed on a type of a silk, like semi-see-through. It's actually a pretty sexy shirt. It feels Mm -hmm. really good against your body. And I reckon that's my favourite. And I'm, I'm trying to sort of cover all bases there because that's really three animal prints. I really like that shirt, but I do really like zebra skin. I've got like a zebra skin singlet, straight black and white with a pretty accurate sort of print on it. That's like a, a sheer sort of nylon. I really like that. I like zebras and like an animal with black and white stripes, like a horse, I think is quite obscure and I like it. And so that, well, I reckon that would probably be my favorite animal print would be zebra. You could tell your yeah. friend. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll tell it. Yeah, it's a good, It was a good question. Yeah, it was, it's a really
0: good question. It's nice to get questions from you, Martin. Yeah, it's was
1: it was a good one. one. Another thing that someone wanted to know. What is your opinion of ski instructors dating ski instructors?
0: Oh, unreal. Really good idea. I like it.
1: What's such a good idea about it?
0: Well, you know, ski instructors, I love hanging out with ski instructors. Ski instructors have changed over time. Some of them have got a really different outlook. They're completely into working, not partying much because they have to turn up and have accuracy and be helpful to people, not feeling hungover and sort of mental the next day. So I can understand that. But I think ski instructors getting together and um, dating making love, going out to restaurants and stuff like that. It's just something about two ski instructors together that I really like, there's something sexy about it. And even when they haven't got their jumpers or their little badges and jackets on, I can tell when there's two ski instructors together. And How I, can you tell? I, I can just, It's just something about them, the way they carry themselves, the kind of raccoon tan and other bits and pieces. It's just a whole little, few little things. And often they've got a little bit of a scent going, you know, like that they've been instructing all day and they might have run out of deodorant the week before. I can sort of tell. And they smell different to ski bums too. They've got a slightly different smell. I like seeing them together. I reckon it's great.
1: What do you think about ski instructors standing their students?
0: Yeah, also great idea. Awesome. Like you see, it used to happen a lot at Zerkes. I don't know if it sort of runs through the ski instructor's rule book, if that's okay and stuff like that. But certainly when I was instructing Black, I would make a real effort to make sure I went out on a date. Just to be fair, with all the women that I was given instruction to, I reckon it's a great idea. Nice way to meet people in a lesson and then you can go on a date with them. What's been your
1: best date or the best story that you've had? It doesn't have to be you. best date.
0: Wow. Okay. Oh, I do remember meeting this amazing English woman who was... She came to Hotham and I think she was just like on a holiday here and she was one of those people who just didn't think there was snow in Australia. She came up here and drove up from Bright in a blizzard in an MG. She borrowed off a friend in Melbourne. She didn't have chains on. She got up the top and she'd had all sorts of crazy kind of experiences on the road with it sliding around and stuff like that. She pulled up out the front of Zerki's and I was playing at the time in the Snowbird in the Summit Bar there when they used to have a lot of parties there. Anyway, she came in and she was pretty freaked out by the whole drive up and I think she thought, I really need a stiff drink. She walked in, there's a big party going on. She grabbed a whiskey and then she came up on stage and she goes, Eddie, and I'm like, yeah, do I know you? And she's like, I don't think so. She goes, but you remind me a bit of my brother. Your wholesome sort of look is like a brother. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'll chat in a minute. I've got to keep, I've got a party going on here. And she's like, yeah. So she started dancing down. Still there at the end of the night. And she's like, want to go out to dinner tomorrow night? She was really upfront about it, and I really like that about English women. And then we went out on a date the next night. I think we might have gone to the general store actually. I can't remember where we went for dinner. And yeah, that was a great day. And you know the other thing? She cooked me a really nice breakfast, which is something that I appreciate. She made eggs and all sorts of other little treats on the plate and little fried onions, which I really like. So I reckon that's my best date ever up at Mount Hotham.
1: Ooh, interesting. Hit for six. <laughs> no hot tops?
0: No, no, we didn't Ugh. have a hot tubs.
1: Disappointing. Mm. All right. Next question. How do you say fit for ski season? How do you keep the party all night, ski all day going?
0: Well, I reckon that you have just answered the question that you asked. Ski all day, party all night.
1: That's how you stay fit.
0: It just makes me fit. There's all these people who come out with freaked out ideas. They're going, oh, Eddie, I've got to do three months of pre-season before I get up there. I've got to do a month of pre-season on my bike. I'm doing pilates jumping around like a monkey on the ground doing all the little new whatever the trendy exercise is but i just what i do i get up here i come up to hotham in may and then i just start skiing and what i like to do is a really hard day first up so it kind of stiffens all my muscles up in my back and my legs and they sort of go a bit hard and they react and i'm sore and then after that after a couple of days i feel good for the whole season and then partying as well that, I reckon, is what gives me the stamina.
1: Keeps you loose and limber.
0: Exactly. Dancing, DJing, up all night. I like to get – I have to have a bit of sleep. I don't work that good on not much sleep. So I like to get between one and one and a half hours a night of sleep, maybe early morning just as the sun's coming up, have a little sleep, and then out there skiing again. Yeah. And I reckon that's what keeps me fit.
1: What's your favourite type of skiing? Is it – do you like a good spring day party in the sun or –
0: do like spring skiing. Yeah, I've been enjoying it the last few weeks. I do love spring skiing because it's a chance to get a good tan. You don't have to wear gloves. You don't have to worry about um, the snow and the wind messing up your hair and stuff. So I do like that. But I love powder skiing as much as anyone. And I do like skiing bumps. Bumps to me is the hardest type of skiing. And it also looks real good. And your legs are moving up and down a lot. And it's just something real sexy about skiing bumps. I think that's probably my favourite.
1: When you ski bumps <coughs> good, you're like, you damn, do. I'm feeling it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You feel it. You feel it in your legs and you feel good if you've had a real good, if you've done Brock flying top to bottom, you feel good. It's
1: been where it's at the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's good. been some really nice bumps down there. And on Keogh's Bash, there was one really nice bump line right side of Keogh's Bash just before you go under the chair next to those trees. I had a really nice line going there. I was skiing um, with a, couple of girls from Wangaratta who were into bump skiing who were up, and we were out there. It could have been called a date, I guess. No, it was more like we were just skiing bumps. But we all rode the chair together out there on Keo's and Orchard, and, yeah, that was a good bump line.
1: And, I mean, you can wear less clothes. In spring, it's great.
0: Oh, exactly. It's not. It's nice to go skiing, you know, with your favourite uh, leather jacket on, or maybe you just want to wear tights, or you want to wear a skirt, or you want to wear a fur jacket, whatever. But you don't have to go for like maximum crappy looking Gore-Tex and stuff like that. You can wear yeah. something that's sexy, which a I bit like. more
1: personality. Exactly, yeah. personality. What's your favourite outfit? That you wear when you're not djing is it the same
0: yeah well I. So some people will come out and they'll come to my show and they're like oh man we didn't know it was a dress-up party and i'm like well it's not you know a zombie party might be but on any other night they're coming up and they're like what's with that gear and i'm like well you know neat casual i'm i'm just djing this is my normal stuff so i think some people are thinking that i'm dressing up all the time but I, I like to wear my daisy jukes if I'm uh, going for a walk down to the Jenny or if I'm heading into Wangaratta to get some supplies or something like that. You know, I think you just need to define yourself by your style. Like you would never see Prince go out where well, you wouldn't see him now because he's dead. But you in the day, you would never see Prince go out like to get a loaf of bread or maybe to pick up some apples or pears or whatever he's into on the day. You wouldn't see him go out in a crappy-looking, like, grey dressing gown with a pair of slippers. Prince would go out, probably, you know, a purple singlet, maybe a purple and black jockstrap with, you know, some really nice thongs or something. He would have a top look going. Yeah. And that's what I like to do too. I don't like to get – I don't like to be too lazy. I don't like – really sort of baggy clothing that is is got a lazy kind of lounging look or something. I like something that's aerodynamic and sporty and looks real sexy all the time.
1: Uh, What else? What do you do during the summer? Do you hit up festivals or?
0: Yeah, so I used to go overseas a lot and do uh, DJing overseas at Tommy Africa's in Whistler and uh, at the Crazy Kangaroo in St. Anton and, you know, bars overseas, skiing over there. But lately, I've been getting back into summer. I just found that the thing, of the and, and, and you'll know this really well, I'd go through the season and then it would get to springtime and I'd start th- sort of thawing out, feeling good, watching the little robins come out, making love and the animals coming out, little echidnas and that. And I'd start feeling good and then all of a sudden I'd go, oh my God, and I'd get off the plane in Zurich and it'd be minus 15 and the footpath's all frozen with ice and I'd, my snot's frozen and I'd like get out of the train, go to St Anton and I'm like, this is the beginning of winter again. And it started to drive me a little bit loopy. I went, I was freaking out about it because I did it year after year and I thought I'm going to get back, do some surfing, have a little bit of skateboarding, really work on my tan. And so I sort of thought festivals and things were starting to contact me a bit. So I started doing some gigs down at the Falls Festival. Yeah. which the guy, Simon, who used to own the Falls Festival, he came up for a party at Hoffham. He was here for a week skiing and that. And he came uh, when I was DJing at the Jenny and he just come up to me and said, Eddie, i got this festival. I'm like, oh yeah, unreal. Heaps of people have got festivals, man. Good on you. Nice. Have a party. And he goes, "No, nah, it's called the Falls Festival. I'm like, oh, actually, that's a big one. That's a good one. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, do you want to come down and DJ at the Falls? I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm actually still doing that. And he asked me about, oh, man, it must have been 15 years ago or something like that. And since then, he sold it to some other American company who run it. But um, they've been real nice to me, and I love going down and DJing there.
1: What kind of preparation goes into DJing a set like that?
0: Well, when I'm down at the Falls, I play, and they've got, like, a big VIP area, like a massive marquee VIP area um, where comedians, you know, people like the Black Eyed Peas come in and hang out and – Ice Cube and hip hop dudes, all sorts of people just hang out in there and have snacks and, you know, have a coffee. They've got a restaurant, they've got a bar. And it's summertime, you know, we're up on top of the Otways, It's nice weather and everything, but it's summertime. So I'll play in there from the afternoon. And um, you got to, I find when I'm playing gigs like that, it's a lot of hours of DJing and you get people who are coming in in all sorts of different moods. They might be about to go on stage and do a gig. There might be people there. Who are real important in some sort of way i don't know whether they're politicians or actors whatever but they've got their vip card they come in and so you've got to make it nice for them you want to make sure they're having the best time they can so my prep for for a gig like that would be i always have my massager and i think you've seen my doctor feel good yeah which is the 240 volt um it's a nice big powerful sort of shiatsu massager so i have that going all the time so people can get a massage down there and i'm they made me a custom DJ bench, which is long enough for someone to lay down on and get a massage and have the decks next to me so I can mix and do the massage at the same time, which as far as I know, there's not many DJs doing that around the world. So I kind of like that. It's a custom thing. And then my prep for something like that is if it's a hot day, coming into the afternoon, people have been in there, a couple of pina coladas, some beers, they're enjoying the afternoon, it's warm, I will come in and and I, I don't like to play in those sets too much. But I like to have a plethora of different music ready to go. so I might start off playing some you know Prince Jammy or some sort of um, you know Augustus Pablo, like some dub reggae from Jamaica because it's got that real like tripped out afternoon vibe that's sort of warm, it's tropical. And then as we go into the night, I might start to head into some sort of real nice cNC music fa- factory or some classic sort of dance. And then later on, if people are really sort of freaking out, we might go into a little bit of trance and maybe even I'll, I'll chuck in a little bit of dubstep or some polkas or just a few little wobbly ones. I plan it out a bit, but I try and just have everything there. And I find on nights like that, with via the inspiration and the dancing that people are doing in the crowd, that really feeds into my set as it sort of grows during the night. Whereas if I'm doing a set on stage, like I got uh, the very great privilege of DJing for 40 minutes before Toto played down at the Falls last year. So I was on stage doing the set before they came on, on the main stage. And of course, Toto with Rosanna, Africa, Hold the Line, you know, one of the greatest progressive rock bands in the world playing some songs that people really wanted to hear. So, yeah, I thought about that set a lot. Obviously, I wasn't going to play Africa because that would be rude because they're going to do it live and it would be a bit mental, so I didn't do that. But I was trying to play things that I thought they would dig and that the crowd would dig and would get them into that spot where they were ready to see toto live so i was playing toto's got an incredible conga player and jeff baccaro used to play drums for him and i love his drumming style rest in peace jeff he has died now so he's been replaced by another younger drummer so i was really trying to play tracks with nice drum codes and and congas a bit, a bit of Latin stuff, a little bit of Afrobeat, a couple of like faster, more upbeat hip hop tracks with a bit of a Latin feel like Ozzy Martley and Jurassic Five and stuff like that. And I felt like I did a really good job and I got some good feedback. Some crew were like, yeah, that's unreal. And I got high five by a couple of guys from Toto. So that was Ooh. very beautiful for me.
1: That's exciting. Yeah. Something that I want to know. Yeah. That I remember from when I used to go to staff night all the time. The Vegemite toast. Yeah. We always used to do Vegemite toast. You still, still do that? Still, still doing, doing that. Do
0: yeah. Well, what I find and is when I'm out partying, I'll get to a certain stage where I just really feel like a snack. And, I, and if the DJ's playing some great tunes, I don't really want to leave and go and look for a 24 hour servo or something to get a packet of chips or a Mars bar or whatever it is. I want to stay there. And if I've been having a couple of beers or I'm partying down real hard and dancing, Vegemite toast for me is the ultimate food. So I thought many years ago, as you've experienced, yeah. I'm going to bring the toaster into the club and um, just offer butter. Vegemite, couple of loaves of of a nice sliced white and people can make their own toast. Sometimes I make it. Sometimes um, people have been coming up, you know, there was one guy the other night, he's like, Eddie, can I be your toast bitch tonight? I'm like, yeah. Sure, if you want to, brother, other women will come up, Eddie, can I make the toast? Sure, if that's what you'd like to do, that's nice. But people can make their own. And I think it's a really nice thing. And you know what? The best thing about it is, is a lot of people will send me a message next day on the Facebook or just on my phone and say, oh, Eddie, I feel really good today. I reckon it's because I, I got my vitamin B out of the Vegemite and had a snack before I went to bed or before I went to the after party. So in fact, they're sort of saying, thank you. You've given us some Vegemite toast as well as the beets. We may have had a couple of too many Shirazes, but we feel good from the Vegemite toast.
1: The secret.
0: I think it's a a good idea. I've had a couple of experiences where people have done some freaked out stuff like, you know, putting little objects down and then little fires coming out of the toaster and stuff, which is not that good. And one guy um, one time had his shirt off and was sort of wet. He may have had some sort of mind-altering substance and he sort of put his hand in and tried to toast his hand a little bit. And so I do worry about that sometimes having the toaster, but I've yeah. got a special surge protector thing there now in case anything happens, just to keep this the Vegemite toast area sort of safe. And, and keep,
1: keep yeah. it safe.
0: Yeah, you've got to keep it safe. Yeah,
1: yeah. wow. I didn't realise that there was so much thought into it.
0: Well, there is, you know, some people get a bit freaked out about the thought and preparation and they're like, Eddie, we thought you'd just walk in with your USB hanging around your neck and chuck it in. But I'm not really that style of DJ because I, I I learned to DJ on vinyl records, and you do a lot of preparation and go through all your records, and you got to be, you know, you got to have a certain style. It's like driving an old Ferrari; you got to double clutch it and stuff, and be really into that style. Nowadays, a lot of the music's on computers, and then you put it in USBs and that. But I bring a lot of other gear, so sometimes when I arrive at a club, the bounce to be like hey man what are you doing you can't bring that whole big bag into here what do you got in there alcohol and I'm like alcohol don't you sell alcohol in there and they're like yeah and they're like but people try and smuggle it in and I'm like no in there I've got my massager I've got my cowbell I've got you know all sorts of different little treats that I need and it's not always the way that people do it but I like to have it as part of my preparation. And even like you would have seen before, I like to have some of my own little posters. I've got a picture of my mum. I like to have some other stuff going on behind me and some nice little pictures. And sometimes I even show films you've probably seen, sort of like like adventure films or nudist films and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I, like, I think I put quite a lot of work into curating an experience for people. So they're not just coming in going, yeah, He's a good DJ, couple of good tunes. nice, going home, go skiing. I want them to be in an environment where they're like, wow, I felt like I was in another world.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. What is something that you carry around with you all the time?
0: Okay, well, I've got oh, – and it's funny that you asked me that because I haven't got it on right now because I took my necklace off. But I've got a necklace with one of those evil eyes on it from that the Lebanese and the Turkish people have on it. It's like the all-seeing eye. So you you wear it, it's like a blue glass with white and a black dot in the middle, like an eye. And they say that they they hang them in their house and have them in, uh, like the Turkish taxi drivers have them in their taxis and that. And they say that it keeps the spirits away, makes good things happen. And I met this rad Lebanese chick when um, in Coburg, and then she was down at the Falls Festival, and she gave it to me. I swapped it. I had a little necklace like a gold coin with a Gemini, because I'm a Gemini, and I gave her that, and she gave me this little um, eye. And I like having that with me everywhere. It's it's probably like my little rabbit's foot and that, but I don't really like rabbits' feet because then they've only got three feet. It's cut off, so I like. I like this. It's my little lucky rabbit's foot, but it's yeah. The the eye. I, I like that. I like that.
1: I think I've asked you a lot of questions that yeah. I wanted to ask you, but I want to wrap it up. With one last question, which I think you'll be able to impart some pretty good knowledge for the listeners. You ready? Ready for it? I'm ready for this great question.
0: Ready for this one?
1: What is some life advice from Eddie?
0: Whoa, that's always a hard one. Life advice. Well, all I would say is ski all day, party all night. It's-
1: Good advice, at least for four months of the year.
0: Yeah, and in summer, maybe surf all day party all night like it but apart from that I just want people to to dance a lot and be nice to each other that's where I'm at right now the
1: vibes thank you so much
0: you are so very welcome thank you I'm so
1: glad that you made the time to do this interview with me for us to all get to know you a little bit better and that is a wrap on my chat with DJ Eddie going back and editing this little chat reminds me of home and all the good times I've had with DJ Eddie on the decks and if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and maybe share it with someone who might like a little listen and if you have time please leave a rating and review it'll help people find the mountain cosmos and remember ski all day party all night ski you later